Welcome back to the Etcetera's Podcast with Kevin Durant. As always, I am Eddie Gonzalez. I'm joined by the captain of the Eastern Conference All-Star team, Kevin Durant. So, do you got a draft board? Or do you need me in the <laughs> war room? You picking Kyrie first? Like, what's the plan here? Are you ready? Are you prepared? See, Shams might break that info right now. <laughs> if I let you know my first pick. <laughs> no, nah, but uh, I'm actually looking forward to that draft. You know, shit, you looking at all of those all-star players, Hall of Fame players to choose from. It should be fun. I'm excited, man. This is a – it could make for a dramatic – a dramatic first couple of rounds, yeah, you know, with sure. the point guards on the on the board, with it's the big fellas. It's a lot going on here. So it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I'm happy for you. Congrats. Thank uh, you. Some doubts coming into the season. I know you don't care, and I know you can't You can't be like, oh, you know, uh, forget those people. But I'm, I was feeling away, and I remember maybe about a year ago, maybe a little longer, you were showing me videos. You were just starting to kind of – Finally shoot around and finally dribble, finally run, finally jump. And I remember how excited you were. So I'm happy, you know, we've come this far in that journey. So congrats. You, happy for you, man. Can't wait to see it. Uh, so without further ado, I'll get to our guest. Uh, we want to tread lightly here with this guy. He's a little <laughs> – you don't want to make an enemy of this guy. This is, to me, the premier NBA reporter in the world. The only guy who's tapped into all the front offices in the league and the front office of the country, Shams <laughs> Sharania from The Athletic. And uh, how you doing, Shams? How's it going over there? Man, I'm good. I appreciate the uh, the intro, Eddie. I got I – got, my check is going to be definitely coming to your mail. Um, but I'm good, bro. I'm good. Just, just trying to stay warm. I'm sure just like you guys trying to stay, trying to stay healthy, trying to stay warm, trying to stay busy. And, uh, like this last year, if you're staying busy, you know, you're, you're probably in, in a good place. So just like you guys, just trying to stay busy. Busy day for you in the last 24, 48 hours here. You, you broke the internet again. Congrats. <laughs> uh, how, how does a scoop like that come to you at seven or nine o'clock at night on a Sunday while games are going on? Like your phone just starts ringing all crazy or what's what's going on? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, you just got to be on, uh, you know, alert at all times. You just got to be kind of ready, locked and loaded uh, to to get into whatever call, conversation, text message that, that, you, that you can be in. And so it's just being by your phone. I've gotten texts as late as. 1.30, 2 in the morning about stuff. I remember when Kawhi got traded uh, to Toronto. That happened super late. That was – honestly, I was knocked out on my couch. It was a, like a normal Thursday. I just come back from, from summer league, and uh, I was just chilling on my couch. It was like 1.30 in the morning. I wake up at, you know, at like 2. You know, it was a quick little nap. And, uh, <laughs> and the text was, you know, Kawhi is going to Toronto. And – so you, you just never know. I think that just speaks to the league, you know, the, the place the league is in right now where, like, you know, everyone's kind of just on the edge of, uh, edge of their toes at all times. I think it's good for for, for, for the game, at least for, for, for the media side and then obviously for, for, the, for the players and teams. So when did you start following the NBA and when did you want to become what you are right now? So I followed the NBA my whole life, but, you know, I played – in high school early, got cut sophomore year. But unlike, you know, I'm not going to get cut and then continue to play. I just didn't have that in me. I didn't have the, the, the talent to do that. But I, I always loved I always loved the NBA, um, even more so than college, really. I was never really watching college much growing up. I just loved the NBA. I was always fixated on that. And I'm like, man, if I can't play in the league, I got to do something around the game, whether it's writing, 
I wanted to be, you know, either in the front office or an agent at one point in my life, kind of in high school. But um, my passion was always writing, right? So you always try to put your passions together. And so for me, it was putting putting writing in with my passion of basketball. And um, just I started doing a Bulls blog when I was 17. So junior in high school, that turned into I was writing for RealGM.com. You get a story here and there and you just start to, I think, progress and I mean, just like just like you spending time in the gym, like you 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 put in as much repetition as you put in. People might see the end result or where you might be seven, eight, nine years down. But I mean, so I'm 26 now. I started doing this when I was 17, so that's you know nine good years. I feel like I'm old. Hold up, you're 26. I, I feel like I'm old. I did not know you was that young. I feel like every time somebody Shit. finds out how young you are, it's like shocking. I think. You know, that's that that that's a testament to the work you've done, obviously. But yes. do you feel like it helps you in when you build relationships with players and around the league and all that? Like to be a younger dude? I think it helps me in the way that I feel like I'm naive. You know, like I still feel like I'm naive to a lot of things where I'm just going into it kind of, you know, winging it a lot of times. Even now, like when you get asked for advice, you sometimes you don't know what advice to give people like younger people, because I still feel like I'm figuring out what I'm doing right now. But I think I think a lot of it probably what benefits me most is is yeah probably the ability to relate to people and 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 talk to people obviously that are younger kind of closer to my age but I think bigger than anything is is just being naive to a lot of stuff and and just being inquisitive and not knowing the answers and and trying to, you know trying to find out the answers as much as I can because I still don't know what I'm I mean in a lot of ways I don't know what I'm doing obviously when you have levels of success you feel like you're on the right path and it uh, vindicate some of the stuff you're doing, but I still feel like I have I have a long way to go in, in, in kind of my career. So you're a busy dude. Like you just mentioned, this is kind of a 24-7, 365 job for you. What are you able, when you're able to find free time finally, like what do you what do you do to kind of enjoy yourself? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Like what's, you know, what what's your vice that you're dealing with? Because I know it cannot just constantly be working the phones, constantly trying to figure out who's doing what in the league and all that. So I'll, I'll usually start to shut down like around, not shut down, but, you know, t- take a little bit of time, around 11, 30, 12 every night. But it's like, you know, you watch TV shows. So I'm, I'm big on just binge watching shows, whether it's I just finished like Your Honor. Um, well, probably watch All American tonight. I watch that. Um, Power, Power Book 2. So it's just finding like I, I binge watch all of Ozark during quarantine. Um Breaking Bad, I started from, I'd never watched Breaking Bad in my life, finished all those. So it for me, it's like shows probably, you know, that's probably my getaway. And I still play basketball from, from time to time. So I'll play, um, hasn't been that much during the pandemic. There hasn't <laughs> been many places to go and play, but uh, I'll, I'll try to play as much as I can, but spending, spending time with family. But there's not, you know, there's not much that kind of gets me away from, from the grind. It's, it's. It's semi-addicting, so I'll stay on it. Kev, you get ch- you get to catch up on your shows on this road trip. What, what was you watching out there? I know we was like fishing for a new show. Like, what did you? Yeah, I was playing a lot of Call of Duty. <laughs> I feel like I watched everything um, after I watched the uh, Black Messiah. So I was like, all right, let me just play the video game. But I gotta watch that movie. I watched it twice. I gotta get on that. Call of Duty. Do you play games? So I was like, what do you do? You, you have time to do that too? Man, I used to play 2K all the time, Madden all the time. <laughs> I just fell off of it, man. My brother, my brother played. Uh, used to love playing GTA, so I got in in into all that. But this is like three, four years ago. I stopped, man. I just I can't 
I can't I can't keep up, man. I can't keep up. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's an everyday grind when you talk about gaming. Uh, you gotta but, be committed. You gotta yeah, be committed. You gotta be you have to be committed. So as you start to like experience more in the league, like do you ever f- feel as though that you can run one of these organizations with all the information that you've gathered over time? That's a great question. That's actually a question I've gotten more from people on that side kind of asking me, like, yo, do you think you'd ever come over to this side? Like what's I I mean, you I mean it's something you gotta think about, right? Because yeah. you feel, I feel like I can relate to whether it's, you know, a player I might talk to or, you know, an agent or, you know, other teams. And you kind of see the inner workings of how negotiations happen, how how different deals come together. And you feel like you've experienced so many that it becomes part of your methodology. And you feel like you can like you, you can conduct those same types of transactions for sure and have the same types of mentalities and build your front office around you to kind of fill the gaps that you might not have. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess never say never again. I'm, I feel like I'm at a point now where there's a lot I still got to prove and, and still got to accomplish to my own self to feel like, all right, I can leave kind of what I'm doing on the media side to do something like that. But I mean, you you, you know, you, 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 it's always in the back of your mind for sure. Mm-hmm. Is that the barrier for you? Like you, you want to feel like you get to the mountaintop here before you even can consider that type of stuff? Yeah, I mean, but I feel like it's the same same thing. I'm sure Kevin's got the same mindset. I'm sure you know you, Eddie. I'm sure you got the same mindset too. I think it's about kind of mastering and and developing, you know, what you're doing right now. When you feel like you're at a point where you've kind of exhausted or maximized your potential, then maybe your your mind can start going into like, all right, what am I gonna do next? That's why I've never really gotten into five year goals. Have you, Kev? Have you gotten into five year goals? Like when people ask you. What's your five-year goal? Have you has that been an easy question for you? It hasn't been an easy question, but it's it's almost like I want to set some shit up right now that can, you know, last for the next seven to eight years. You know, I'm not necessarily always thinking about the future, but it's like you know, here and there, I might. You know, what I'm saying it's not totally out my mind either. So, um, you know, it's like you said, it's it's one of those things that's in the back of the mind, but you know what your daily focus is. You know, so. You know, it's a it's a it's a good position to be in though, cause you you know being you 26. I remember feeling when I was 26 and I've accomplished so so much in the league already. <laughs> I'm like, damn, have I mastered what I am as a player? Have you ever felt that you mastered what you're doing right now? No, no, and I still I think that that's the I think that's the beauty of it is like if you if you feel like you haven't mastered it, like I still feel like even video wise, I haven't you know done as much as I can do or, or should be doing. Well, when I say I'm not necessarily meaning that you're at your peak, and but the position you're in right now, like what you do at this moment right now, like you are the guy and you've done it time and time again for years. So you don't feel like, you know, all right, this is one thing that I might have already accomplished and worked through and know how to, and I've mastered this point in my career. Do you think it's like, all right, what's next? What's that next phase, right? You know, right after this. That's what I think about. But honestly, the more, I, the, the most I think about that is, is what's next in what I'm doing right now. Right. So what I'm doing right now is like, you know, a lot of articles, a lot of videos, a lot of you know, social media stuff, but there's, there's going to be something that's beyond even this, even from a media perspective. And it's going to be, you know, you're seeing everything is going more digital now. Right. Like, you know, even, you know, even, you know, Adam Silver's even said it, you know, a lot of the stuff's going away from, you know, cable TV. So it's like, how can, how can you master that digital uh, social, you know, take advantage of social media, digital sense. And so 
what I'm thinking now is how, like, what is that next step? What is that? Um, who's going to be that next rights player or who's going to be, who's going to take that next step or, or who's going to find that next kind of lane or um, what's the right way to phrase it? Like th there's going to be something totally different in like three, four years than what the, the normal media consumption is right now. So, so part of my mind is even trying to figure out that, to be honest. I mean, I maybe this is my opinion, but I like, I feel like we hit the peak as far as like, consumption and like content and, and, and distribution. Like, I feel like we already at that peak of like, what, I mean, how can we get better than this as far as how we take things in? It seems like people are honing in on different ways to reach an audience, like specifically that's, that's kind of my lay of the land. So instead of just these big movies that everybody cares about, there might be three new movies coming out this week. One for Shams, one for UK, one for me. And we all have different fields of interest. So it's like, all right, we can't get 10 million people to come to this movie. But if we get 100,000 people and they're super dedicated, then boom, we're good to go. I, I feel like because there's so much content, we're constantly, we just had a little part of this conversation. We're constantly having conversations like, what are we going to watch? What should we listen to? What's out there? What's new? What's old? I think it's just figuring out how to get people directly rather than getting groups of people. So to me, that's what it is. And, you know, we're almost too crowded now. So more audience development going forward. Yeah, I feel like that's how Clubhouse is hitting too, right? Mm -hmm. I can get 100 people in here and it's way more popping than, Kev, if you tweet to, what what is it, 10 million people, <laughs> like you can barely hold a conversation. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking to 100 in Clubhouse and then a select like 10 get to talk, that's a whole different type of conversation. So I think it's just more specifying audiences and, and, and like you said, audience development. To me, I don't know what the tech is that for that is, or yeah. the platform, but I feel like audiences are getting smaller and it's like, cool, we're just adjusting to smaller audiences. There's also a whole generation of audience that I don't even think has been tapped into, to be honest with you, and because they're in other lanes. They're doing different things. They're, they're, their focus is on gaming or it's on you know, it's on streaming, you know, video games. And so, but that younger audience might also be obsessed with, with basketball or this sport or that sport. And there's just a whole lane and a whole generation, you know, they call it Gen Z that hasn't, I don't think fully been tapped into yet. So, you know, part of my thinking now is just like, how, how can you continue to tap into that from my perspective with what I do? Um, but going back to like your original question, you know, I, I, I've never been fully satisfied with what I'm doing. So I can never, until I feel satisfied, I can't, I can't, um, I can't be like, all right, I've mastered that one to the next. I wanted to ask that you guys are so successful in your, in your respective fields. Do you ever struggle with being content? And if so, like, how do you fight that off? Like, or is this just constant hunger to like, what do I do next? What can I do better? That type of stuff. Because for me, it's like people, people will talk to me about what I do in my career. And like, to me, it pales to what you guys do. But I always feel the same way. Like, I've done nothing. Like, I've got so much more that I could do. Like, if you could see the shit that I want to do, you you would, you would, you would, you know why I feel this way. Like, I've done nothing. So, is that kind of where you guys sit to? Or how do you guys, Kevin, you've won championships. You've won every award you can win. How do you sit there the day after the finals and just, like, not be content and go, all right, I, I did it all? I mean, that's such a, I mean, that's a, that's a great question, especially when you're dealing with somebody, like, that that's accomplished a lot so early, Sean's the same way. But if you, you know, early in your 20s, you've seen pretty much everything that this profession has to offer. 
been in a lot of different rooms, accomplished a lot. And after I won a championship, the second championship, I had that question like, damn, what is what's what's really next? Like what do I what else do I do? And it was just like, well, just do it again. I, I enjoy getting up that next day and tailoring my days around the game. You know what I'm saying? And that's simply what it's been for me since then. It's just like I, I like getting up and doing this. Until I don't feel like doing it anymore, that's probably when I'll be done. So it's it went from just like a you know, I wanna achieve so much in this profession till I just I'm immersed in this already. I'm breathing this already. This is my DNA. I'm just gonna be committed to this forever. And that's what's keeping me up, you know? What about you, Shams? Like you just like Kevin said, you've you've achieved so much, accomplished so much at such an early age. You know, you should have seen his face when uh, I told him a while ago, like, yeah, Shams is like 25. It and like, how, how did you get there and go, nah? Like, I got all this other stuff to do. Or how do you not sit there and you know you've broken all the news you can break? And it's like, all right, now what? Like, how do how do you look forward to that? It's a little different than than what you know Kevin's profession is. Like, he can easily you know he, he can he win a championship, win Finals MVP. He is the best, and he's at the really the pinnacle. And I could see what why he can become honestly complacent, right? But he hasn't. I could see how he could be though, because that's that's the that's literally the top. For me, it's a little different because it really doesn't matter how many stories you break or what what how many how much how many articles you write, how many videos you do. I think if you're in it, if you're in this side of it, I think it's gotta be. I mean, just like for the for for the playing side or really any side for an office, but in this profession, like if you don't love what you're doing, if you don't really have a passion for what you're doing, I mean, you're not gonna last long in it. That's just the bottom line, and so. I learned that early, like when I was driving to like Milwaukee or, or Indy, you know, hour and a half to Milwaukee or three and a half hours to, to Indy, you know, freshman year of college, you have a final the next day. That's when, that's when I knew like I, my heart was really in it. Like, and once, once you figure that out and once you know you're, you're, you're dedicated to it and it's not about, um, cause I think there was a point where people thought for me, Oh, he's just trying to be a fan or, uh, I mean, the Bulls didn't even credential me till I was 21 going on 22. And so by that point, I've been covering games since I was 18. So, um, you know, because, you know, you're a high school kid or you're about to be a college kid. And they're like, is he in it for the right reasons? You know, what is his mentality? So I think for me, it was always trying to prove myself. And um, even when, when I feel like I get to a milestone or if I get to a certain point, there's just, you know, you just set more goals for yourself. It's kind of like being on, on the other side, being an athlete. That's that to me is like, you know, Kevin and I have kind of had long conversations about this. Like, it's kind of like a fear of being content. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to sit there and look around and be like, all right, I did it because I, I, you know, that that's just too final for me. It's too finite. So that's why you know people will get upset. And like, I, I do think there is something to you do got to kind of smell your roses sometimes and appreciate them. And and this you find ways to do that, right? But. People kind of get upset with me. I'm like, man, I haven't done nothing. You know, I got I got all kind of shit that I want to do. So I know, I know, you know, you guys are so accomplished. I know that has to come up for you guys. And so it's 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 fascinating to learn. What what is like the next expansion for you? I know you want to get do more video hits. I know you want to be on screen more. Is that like is that? I know, I know you. You're you're about you're a grinder. You're about to work. So it's not about this kind of desire to be seen. Like, do you just feel that's the next stage for you and what you do? 
Yeah, I think it's it's about just creating stuff that people people like to consume, right? And I think every, a lot of it is becoming more visual based as well. Um, but I think just doing unique stuff and just coming up with with unique angles and and trying to sh- at the end of the day share stories about these guys, right? Like they're they're you you know they're, they're unique and and sometimes their stories, their actual stories, just aren't really told. Um, and you know, a lot of the time. So for me, I think it's just finding out what um, you know. I, I think what what you know what these guys are really about, and uh, kind of shedding light on that. Do you feel that your business has changed, you know, over the years? Because in, in my opinion, um, it feels like it's an arms race to like breaking news more so than, like you said, telling those stories. So, do you feel like more and more guys are trying to jump in the lane where you are? Um, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot more shit being thrown out there. That's for sure. So if 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 if, if you if you're talking about that, there's no doubt. I mean, but that's just, you know, you just got to weed through what's, you know, even for me now when I read stuff, you know, I'm constantly consuming information too and seeing what's being put out there, what's accurate, what's not accurate, you know, what's, you know, some of the stuff that I know, there's a lot of stuff that I even know that I don't put out necessarily at, at any given moment. So um, I think it's just weeding through the, through, through really the, the, the BS and just figuring out what's accurate and what's not. But um so I think to answer your question, I definitely think there there's definitely a lot of a lot of people trying to jump in that lane. But for me, it's it's like a balance. Like I try to balance myself by writing stories about about the players, doing videos about guys, um, and it's about you know for me, it's finding that balance. I don't ever want to be that guy that's just all right. He's only breaking news on guys um, or or trades or signings or this or that. Um, you know, I always try to do do you know as as much balance I can have to what I do as possible. Is it is it frustrating that the breaking news type stuff overshadows that other work and that work is you know harder in a different way, uh, you know a, a two thousand three thousand word profile is is much easier than you know I, I don't want to like downplay your work, but then breaking a news story right so does it frustrate you that that's kind of how people are consuming things? At, at one point I think it did like I, I think even even like Kev I think me and you had a conversation. It was just about basketball. I don't know if you remember. It was in Milwaukee. I want to say in eighteen. Mm-hmm. But most of the conversation was just about basketball. Like we didn't really talk about much, much of the other, you know, what whatever else is going on. It was mostly about basketball. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I, I think I think I think a good amount of people picked it up. But it's definitely not, you know, it didn't. It definitely didn't garner the type of attention where if I was just grilling him on, you know, what whatever else was happening off the court, right? So. Um, I, th- I think there's always a time and place for, for all that. Um, I think there's always a time and place for the, the reporting on what's going on. And sometimes, you know, there's just a job that, that I think the media side has to do. There's always a job, you know, I have a job to do at all times, but um, you know, in the midst of me creeping and all my creeping, I'm always gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm always gonna try to protect guys too and, 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 and kind of help guys out in, in different ways. And um, I think, I think, these guys, these guys are basketball players, right? And what's going on on the court and what's going on behind the scenes. I think the behind the scenes stuff is 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 cool in its own right. And so, kind of shedding light on both of those things, I think, is uh, is important. When the last time you hooped? Last time I shot with my brother was two weeks ago. Last time I played five on five, Oof. probably March. I played. I was playing two on two, pretty heavy. Like May, June, and, and May and June, really. 
I suffered a grade three ankle sprain. I'm breaking that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows this. This is the get back. This is the get back. I told my best friends, I'm like, I'm like, yo, don't say nothing to anyone. One of my boys is like, yo, I'm gonna tweet it out. I'm like, no, 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 don't tweet it out. I don't, I don't, need, I don't, need, I don't need anyone to hate on me. Grade three ankle sprain out for six to eight. But that grade three was no joke. <laughs> I've reported on grade threes before. I've sprained my ankle before. I've reported on grade threes before. I'm like, man, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and even 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 I read on it. I'm like, man, it's a sprain. It happened to me. It was it was one of the worst pains, and and I was gonna go to the bubble. My bu bubble got my bubble trip got delayed like a month and a half because it. But uh, I made it out there. But man, I had to I had to go to therapy. Yeah, it was it was it was all bad. But oh, you had to you had to really go. Are you still able to enjoy the league as a fan? Are you still, you know, as immersed as, in it as you are? Uh, Kevin and I, like, we were just talking about this two days ago, maybe. Like, I, my time at ESPN damn near ruined the league to me because it became a job. It's like I'm literally clocking in. It's like got to pay attention to these games, got to get this content, got to, you know, and it's it's work. It's literally work after a while. Is it is it like that for you or are you still able to enjoy the sport? I think I went through a period um, like two and a half years ago where it started to feel like work, like two and a half, three years ago. Where I feel like it, it started to feel like work. It kind of felt weird. Um, like I would go to games and I just, the, the, the vibe would just feel weird because your mind and your, your, I was just in an off place, I think, with the game itself. But then, you know, I think, I think you just got to stick with it. If you stick with it, you'll be fine. So I, I, like now I watch and sometimes I go to like com uh, combine days when, when we would be allowed to go to the draft combine and just I remember a couple a couple of days in Chicago in 2019 I literally just sat there and just watched and so like I, I think for me there definitely was a point uh where it, it felt more like work than than you know the love which is why we all get into get get into this right is because we love the game and so um but now I'm at a point where I just I'm, I'm definitely a fan first like I enjoy like thoroughly watching all these games it's uh you know, obviously there's a distraction with the phone at different points, but overall, I, I love like I I love the game. I love watching the game for sure. Kev, are you able to enjoy it? Like these guys are your competition, but I know you're a huge NBA fan, and the way you and I watched it last year was a little different, obviously. But you know, I tease you because you can spell the whole league's name and shit. Like you're you're locked in. <laughs> uh, are you able to enjoy it now? Like as you're back playing and and you know competing. Yeah, for sure. It's always fun watching basketball, no matter what level it's on. You know, I, I'm, I like watching people shoot the basketball and play. I mean, I just like everything about the game. So especially the highest level, I still enjoy it. And um, but I, I cut the TV down more than I used to when I'm watching games, you know, because I, I rather listen to music than hear, you know, the, you know, everything else around the game. I'd rather just focus on watching it. So that's changed. You know, the the chatter around basketball now, it's just it's got so loud that um, at first I used to enjoy that part, hearing stories on players, hearing breaking news. But it felt like it's just a lot right now. So, you know, but that made me, I guess that made me enjoy just the actual play even more, too. I know, Shams, you can't talk crazy about the media. Like, like I'll probably be able to. But I just hate <laughs> the way the way the league is so narrative-driven right now. And it's so kind of like it's hyperbole. Everything is just exaggerated. And it's 
you rarely see people talking about basketball anymore. And Kev, I know for you especially, your last three, four, five years, you've, yeah, you've been the most talked about team, and you're one of the most talked about players. It's just frustrating to watch in that way because I like basketball. I like watching guys make shots. I like watching guys have to play defense. I like watching guys have to compete. And every time I turn on something where they're talking about it, or even in the game, like you said, the commentary of the the average game is just like drama, 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 drama. And being with you has been even more enlightening as much time as we spend together, as much as we talk. It's like it's actually not this dramatic on the no, on the day to day. So it's it's just become a frustrating watch in that sense for me. As a as a fan, Shams, is is that kind of the feel you have too, or where are you at with it as a fan? Man, to be honest, I tune a lot of a lot of the media. Like, I just focus on my own stuff, right? So, as long as I focus on my own stuff, like, I, I think I'm able to to get in a good place in terms of how I feel about the other content. Now, obviously, I feel like I see everything, especially you know different news things that are that are being posted out there. But I, you know, I stay in a pretty fact based you know environment yes. with myself, yeah. just based on what I do. Like, I I don't ever get out of my space of, you know. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, you definitely see, you know, when people talk shit on players, like it's, it's, it's like a common thing now, but I've never, I, I've never understood the purpose of that because at the end of the day, like these are the guys that are actually out there on the court, right? They're all, they're all trying to do the right thing. And like, there would be, I, th- I think when you talk about hyperboles, right. When you talk about, you know, this team didn't want it as much as that team, or this player didn't yeah. want it as much as that player. It's like, <laughs> no, like we've all played basketball. But we just, Sometimes the other team is just better. Sometimes shots are going down. Sometimes you're just not defending mm-hmm. at a high level. Sometimes this team might have just made this adjustment or, you know, made this defensive change or or started guarding you differently. Like, there's so many other elements of the game that I think get missed that people – I think it's easy to to draw hyperboles on on the game. And um, so that's why I try to stay in more of a fact-based, you know, uh, uh, region with myself and – yeah, I, I think one example, like you know, like like the Mavericks, right? Um, here, here's like like an example, like they they started playing Porzingis more at like the four or five last year, like like just just stretch the paint. He wasn't allowed to shoot any any mid range shots, no post stuff. This is last year they instituted that, and um, get a text and call me mm. ASAP. Oh shit! <laughs> we have to cut it short. That'll be the greatest part ever. We got to cut it short because Sean's got to break it. What's going it. on? Yo, I would love that. <laughs> I'm going to say, can you text? But no, so the Mavericks started playing Porzingis uh, on the perimeter. And I think everyone was like, yo, what's going on with his game? Why is he struggling? You know, is his energy off? What's going on? And uh, I mean, it's, it takes two text messages, it takes three text messages to really find out what they're doing. They literally changed their offense and how they're playing and, and, and spreading the floor. Clearly they're playing, you know, more with more pace and, and, and they wanted to integrate more shooting and put basically shooters all around Luca, and like they wanted to get away from the mid range shots and the post ups that bog down might bog down their offense. And again, that's more power to them. That's how they want to play the game. And so, but you know, and then I wrote about it, but no one had had talked about it. They were just talking about how, how Porzingis might have been struggling. You know, then you'd watch TV. People would be like, "Yo, man, this guy needs to get in the paint." He's seven foot two. What's wrong with him? Like he's playing soft. But it's like, no, like this is what this is their offense. This is how they feel like they'll have they're gonna have a level of success. And you know, they were the I think the number one or number two offense in the league last year. So I'm not saying it was because of that, but I think people gotta also 
I think, you know, sometimes you got to ask the right questions too, though. Yeah, I have a friend, like, he's he's very dramatic about, you know, when we watch the games and stuff. And sometimes I have to remind him, like, the other guys are good too. Like, sometimes the other guys, like, they're, they're fucking nice too. So they're going to make shots. It's not like they don't want to. They don't want to play. They don't want to win. I remember I read a story about Chandler Parsons years ago, and, you know, he was dealing with a ton of knee injuries and all that. And the the guy was saying, like, it's not like he doesn't want to play. Like, he'd love to be healthy and be out here playing. You know, he's a competitor. He made it this far. And people just kind of – people would just accept, like, the most dramatic retelling of your story when sometimes it's really that simple. Like, those other guys played well, too. They beat us. I think Dame said something like that again about you, about your Warriors. You know, like, they, they're good. Like, they were good. Like, what do you want me to say? And sometimes it's that simple when people don't like that sort of simple explanation. I also think Draymond said this a few weeks ago, and I know, Kevin, you agree with this here. A lot of people just don't know what they're watching. You know, they watch the ball go in, and then they don't kind of understand too much more than that. Do you feel like that's part of what a lot of this chatter is, Kev? Like, what Draymond said? I just feel like it's a lot of layers to the game, and it's easy to be – drawn in by the dunks and three-point shots and the advertising of the game and the breaking news of the contracts and all that stuff is easy for casual, for just like a normal regular fan who doesn't watch the game to get roped in. Now it's like different layers are actually playing the game, you know, different ebbs and flows of the game of basketball that people got to start watching once they see these games. Like you said, knowing that Porzingis is playing at the three-point line instead of posting up and shooting mid-ranges, it's hard for the naked eye just to see that, somebody that just started watching. So, you know, it feel like, you know, a lot of people got to get deeper into the game and start understanding the history, understanding where the game has come from and, I think, you know, then you'll start rounding out your knowledge and rounding out your, you know, your view of the game, you know. So I think, I think, you know, just, just, just checking it a little deeper than what it is right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it's taboo these days to say you don't know something. And I think that would go a lot of, I think that would go a long way in some of these convos. Like I I watched it happen with you guys, actually. Like political things happen around the world and they ask you. And you're an asshole if you go, yo, I'd, I'd actually like to read a little bit more. And no, before I tell you, then it's like, oh, he's taking a cop out. It's like, no, nah, like that's probably the best answer he could give. It's like, I, I don't know this. Let me not say something stupid yep. and ask me tomorrow. And people treat it like, you know, you're the you're the asshole. You fucked up. Yep. So I think there's there's some some of that to that. All right, we 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 talked enough, boy. Basketball is fun. Work is great for both of you guys. I know that. Uh, Shams, what do you listen to, man? What do you? I feel like this is the best way to get to know somebody. What do you listen to? Tell me, please. You're listening to Drake. This is a Drake podcast in a lot really? of ways. <laughs> it's, always, it's always Drake. It's always Drake. No, I mean Drake. I'm, I'm definitely a big Drake. I'm, I'm looking at my, I'm, I'm my, I'm my, what's what's on my iTunes right now? Let's see, Apple Music. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Drake guy. Um, I mean, Justin Timberlake. I, I vibe with JT. I'm a big Justin Timberlake fan for sure. I mean, Meek. Got some little baby in here. I mean, Pop Smoke. I, I still listen to Pop Smoke's album. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. What else is there? I mean, honestly, most of my <laughs> Chris Brown. He's definitely on the Young Thug. I see where your vibe is. Um, I see where your vibe is. That's all we needed to know. Everybody come on this part. We just gotta know what their mind is by their by music selection. You know. Got some little Wayne on here. I see. Okay. What What, what about y'all? What, what do we guys messing with? I mean, it's probably all in the same. That's in the same wheelhouse. All the same. I mean, like we said, this is a Drake podcast, really. We're disguising it as the et cetera's, but 
once we get past what you do, we just talk about Drake the rest of the time. Shams, can you find out when that album's coming out? We, we yeah. can we put you on that case? Like, what do we? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I've actually, I've actually dipped and dabbled to try to figure out. Sometimes, really, that'll be sick. <laughs> what, are you, what are you working on? Is this like? Because, because you know, I'm I'm a fan. You know, like sometimes I'm a fan of like you know I'm sure Kev. You know, same thing with you. Like, it's crazy. Like I've I've met I've met people in other types of you know other lanes in other in other fields and and they're a fan of basketball, right? So so by virtue they might be a fan of me or a fan of my work. And I'm like, man, I'm 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 a fan of you. I think you're the shit. So I've definitely had a lot of those moments for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, I always try to keep up with what Drake's doing because I'm a fan. I want to know. I want to know what's next. So I'm, I'm going to be on there. I'll text you, Eddie. I'll definitely text you what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. Let me know when you find out, man. If 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 you break that, then you've reached a different, a higher plane of what you're doing. Like, this is <laughs> this is next level with this. And I didn't think there was another level for you. So I'm waiting for that, man. What, you know what? You know what got me this last week, Kev? That Jim Jones album. I know you're a Diplomats fan. Yes. I just seen. I just seen on Instagram. I mean, I, I knew, but I just got reminded on Instagram. You have. A, you have I got a Diplomats tat. tattoo. Yeah, and so I know that's. But that album and Harry Fraud, like, yeah. it's just something about like Jimmy would just be on these songs talking, but he's so smooth with it. Yeah, and you believe him so much. It's like, yeah, this is this is my shit right here. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, I seen. I like when when dudes drop albums during the season too, because it's like it, it lined up right with you know hooping and you know just the newness of the album. You know, it just feels different, and it, it brings me back to a point. So Jim dropping this joint right now, I listen to it two years from now. It's gonna bring me back to where I was, you know, throughout this this road trip throughout this year. So these dudes, you know, how old is Jim Jones? Almost probably in his 40s. He's got to be in his 40s, right? Still dropping music, but that speaks to, like, the industry and how long, you know, you can stay in this joint. Just It's like you can sustain who you are for 10 or 20 years. You can be, you know, you can still put out music in your 40s. And Jim has just consistently been Jim. Like, we haven't, mm-hmm. you know, he hasn't had to switch it up. He's He's mm-hmm. been able to be him in the matter. And Harry Fraud is killing it, bro. Like, every time I hear him. It's it's just so smooth. It's just yeah. so much to yeah. that to them instrumentals. Like you almost can't you almost can't make a bad song, but Jimmy Jimmy definitely went crazy. I wanted to give Jimmy his props here. So when you and this and I mean I try to tie all of this stuff back into what I'm into what we doing out here, you know. Like, right, right, of course. Because it, I mean we all in the entertainment business. I feel like you know from mm-hmm. the NBA, you know, music business, you know film business it's like we're all artists at the end of the day right no matter if you're covering the game or playing the game so you know for to look at like harry fraud for example like he i looked him up the other day he like 38 years old you know what i'm saying it's just like mm-hmm. yo these dudes been around for so long and they still feel like they're in their prime that's inspiring for somebody like me who you know been around for 10 years and it's just like you look back and like damn i feel old as shit it's like, no, nah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, nah, I still got some time to go. These people, it's still, they still got a lot of energy out here. So it's cool to see what they're doing. Yeah, man. You let us see it. I want to ask about y'all and the dynamic you guys have had throughout your careers and just kind of the insider dynamic. Shams, are you met with kind of good rapport throughout the league? Are you treated like the boogeyman? Like, how does that go for you? Uh, I mean, I think with most guys, I have a pretty good relationship. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty open person. I'm a pretty open book. I mean, I don't have, uh, you know, I don't really 
I don't have much hate for anyone mm-hmm. really. So I'm pretty cool with everyone. I, I, or at least I try to be, um, I think that's the best way I could describe it. Yeah. I mean, that's a good energy to have. I've, I've, I've been around media circles and you kind of, you know, you, you, you have some guys who are vindictive, who are kind of like chasing the tabloidy stuff. And I could see where if you're a player, like, yo, I don't like get out of here. Like do, Kev, do you have, you know, not nobody by name, but like, are there reporters who kind of have that energy in media, who had that energy with you where you, you kind of want to steer away? Cause you've had your own moments. You've had your viral moments. Like, yo, come on, bro. <laughs> you've had a couple here and there. I get it though. It's gotta be frustrating on a day to day. Yeah, it's just it's just usually moments. It's probably I mean I don't I don't care to hold a grudge with anybody, but if it's something in the moment that I see, I'll try to you know have a good you know communication you know with whoever it is. You know, Sean's you know he knows. Like, I, I talk to everybody. You know, especially when it, you know when the guys are, you got the beat writers coming to the locker room. Whoever wants to sit down and talk to me about the game, I'm down for it. But if I disagree with what you're saying, I'll let you know too. I know you're one of those guys. You you've You've offered to, you know, go out with guys, let's go have lunch or whatever, you know, see guys outside of that environment. Shit, we met that way in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, you're, you're open to talking to a lot of people. Is that typical for what you get, Shams, from from players, from especially players of his level? Like, is that how it usually is? Kevin's an open book. Like, Kevin, <laughs> you know, Kevin has gone viral many times from just DMing people, like, giving them his opinion and having regular conversations. I love that type of shit. I love that. I think it's great. I think it makes him way more endearing, way more relatable. It 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 makes it easier to be a fan. He's a regular guy. You know, I appreciate that in a lot of ways. Is that normal what you get when you're, you know, kind of dealing with this? I, I think I think it might be abnormal to other people, right? Like the back and forth. I think that part of it yeah. might be uncommon. Like the the um you know, if you're saying something or you're writing something or doing this and there's some pushback or you know, some corrections, some, no, I actually meant this. I, I mean, I, I appreciate that. Like at the end of the day, I'm just trying to get whatever I'm doing, the you know, in, a, in an accurate, concise way. And at the end of the day, it's about, you know, it's about the relationship. I've always looked at it as a long-term thing. It's never been about just one story, one thing. So, um, I mean, it's very uncommon. I mean, the, the, the times I've ever interviewed Kev, it's always been pretty open, pretty, um, you know, pretty, pretty respectful really. And so, um, you can really ask them about anything. You know, for me, I know what the what certain boundaries are, right? Like what, you know, certain things, especially given a guy's certain temperament at the moment. Um, but it definitely took me time. Like I interviewed D. Wade was my first interview, August 2012. I interviewed him. And I remember I walked up to him at a, at a Bucks game. He had just, and this is my, like one of my first probably five games I've ever covered, like in person. And I just went up to him after he had showered. He was just sitting there. And uh, he was cool about it. We talked and he gave me his time. And, and uh, I remember the PR guy came over to try to brush me off. D-Way probably saw the, the, uh, the, the deer in the headlights look on my face. So he probably, that, that's probably why he, he, he told the PR guy he could leave. He finished it. But then, you know, the more I've done this, I'm like, damn, I was so naive in that moment. Like, I just walked up to him like it was nothing. And, and in some ways it might have helped, some ways it might have hurt. But I think, you know, respecting God's boundaries, I think, always goes, uh, you know, uh, a long way hopefully well kev is that is that one of the things that you, you kind of notice guys are working i know we've talked about logan before our guy logan mordock and you you notice his grind way 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 back when he's interning with the kings around there like you see that from where you're sitting when you're dealing with all this 
Yeah, I mean, you I mean, it's pretty easy to spot. You know, there's a lot of older um, reporters that walk into their locker room, and when you see a younger face, you know, especially the younger the younger guys in the locker room, we gravitate towards the the people that may relate to us a little bit more. You know, so you see a Logan or Shams or you know anybody that kind of looked like us, it's easy to talk to, and I think that's been always been. Um, one of the things I look for, but also seeing, you know, wanting to see these guys, um, you know, pull their weight around in the locker room because I know how it goes, you know. In the, in the, in the, <laughs> <laughs> like certain guys, I like, I, I want to see you be the first guy to ask a, a question in the scrum. You know, that means a lot. That may mean a lot to them. You know, so it's just like a, it's like a, a competitive business. And sometimes when I see guys that are young and they haven't been in there before, I want them to see them do well. You know, I know it's a little, it's a little competition that goes on in there. So. You know. It's cool to see because it's all it's all for the game. They all want to push the message of the game, and you know it's good to be a part of that in some way. I think what you mentioned is big too. You know, not everybody looks like us in these settings. The three of us, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> the, 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 mm-hmm. not a lot of guys who look like the three of us, and it 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 makes it a little harder to get in the room sometimes. But it, when you're in the room, it it does definitely help. It does definitely help to have a conversation. Yeah. We could, you know, you and I met talking about hoop. And within a couple of days, it's like, oh shit, you like Drake? Oh shit, let's talk. You know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, we're talking about that. We're talking movies. We're doing, and it becomes a whole different thing. And so I, I've seen that. I mean, when I was writing music, it's it's weird. You're emailing people, begging to talk to them, and they don't know who the hell you are. They don't know what you look like. They don't know nothing about you. You finally see them at the show, and it's like, oh okay, you know, like this, you mm-hmm. don't seem so bad. And you talk some more, and then next thing you know, you're talking to these guys on the regular. Been there, yeah, Definitely and it's it's there. it's a very interesting dynamic, and uh, it's something that I noticed very early on, and you know, was able to take advantage of in a lot of ways. But again, it it does it it is a little harder to get in those rooms, but when you get there, you know, you're able to handle yourself a little better. So, uh, it's it's dope knowing that y'all recognize that. Because you, you never know, and you know if you're not as naive anymore, you can, sometimes you can walk into these settings like, oh shit, like how's this gonna go? But you know, knowing that y'all appreciate that is definitely big. I think it'll help some young reporters, you know, think about getting into it. Shams, has the rooms changed when you walk in them now? Like, is it a different vibe as opposed to early on in your career? Yeah, I think early on I was doing the headlights, bro. I mean, I remember my first summer league, 2013, 2014, going to games around that same time. I mean, it was during the headlights. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. And so now I think I'm a lot more confident. I'm a lot more comfortable. I know a lot, a lot of the other guys. And, um, you know, there's always a couple of guys, hopefully on every team, that I can kind of gravitate toward, if anything. Um, but it's, uh, is, is, I think it's more of a confidence thing at this point where you feel like, you know, you know what you're doing. Whereas before, you had no fucking clue at all. <laughs> There's got to be a certain type of respect when Shams walks in the room. Yeah, it's like more people know you now. Yeah, I know you, you feel that. That's what I meant. <laughs> you're you're big dog. Like I told Kevin this before. Like when you walk into the open run, like it got to change the energy of the gym. I feel like it's got to be the same way for you, Shams. Like I will say this. I reached out to you to interview you for for something, and I expected not necessarily like you to be an asshole, but I definitely expected a different type of energy, and then you were super down to earth and cool, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I I like him. I rock with dude. And so maybe that's what it is. See, maybe I don't don't feel it, bro. I don't – 
I'm just doing me, man. Oh, man. Stop with the humble yeah. shit. I know you humble, <laughs> but you got to, I know you, I know you feel how others feel about you. Like, I know you know that your what your presence does to a room to other people, especially in this building. I just want to know if, if you felt that change uh, over the last few years, you know, and it's, you could tell the energy's changed, you know, you know, especially amongst your peers. I mean, there's definitely a shift. I think more so for me, how I feel about it. It's not even about how other people feel. It's about how I feel. I feel, I definitely feel more confident in, in what I'm doing. I don't even, I mean, the rest is just whatever, to be honest. I mean, that's just my, that's just my view of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not looking at it. But maybe I got to open my eyes. <laughs> okay. Humble, humble king. Humble right, king. Man. I get it. All right. Sure. I get it, man. <laughs> I get it. Okay. All right. Don't do me like that. I feel you. No, I get I get exactly what you mean. You focused on yourself, but I I I, I know you focused on yourself, and that's why you. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe I do gotta take the blinders off, though. No, that's a great thing, but. I mean, you still had the blinders on, but you still can, you still know. <laughs> yeah, we just want to hear you talk your shit, man. That's we really what I wanted shit. to hear, but I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. I feel where you're going right now. I like the humble attitude. Can we talk shit talking real quick, just because this is a thing that happened? How do y'all feel about this Cam Newton story? Kev, Kev you've ran camps. You've competed with guys younger, your high school kids. Anybody ever talk, like, within the game? To, are they trash talking KD at these camps? There's no way, right? Come on. If I if I start talking, yeah, they will. I mean, it's, it's, at the end of the day, we all hoopers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So no matter the age, no matter what you've accomplished, if you're on that court and you get to talking, you know, it don't matter what you did before or what you're doing after. It's about right now. So I, I just didn't see the whole – I couldn't see the whole sequence in order for me to really comment on what, what should have happened. You know what I'm saying? Because if Cam talking shit from the sideline while the youngster playing and it's been going on all day – I'm like, yeah, I got a chance to talk my shit to Cam Newton in front of my peers <laughs> yeah, to set the tone. Hell yeah, because he's a big dog here. So if I do that against Cam, then what are, what's my peers going to think? So it's like it's different perspectives, man. But I, and it, it, all in all, you should realize that, like, that's just the nature of the, the game. Like, they, there's a lot of communication out there on the football field. You never know what you're going to hear. Football energy is different too, bro. Like, that's like – that's a whole different type of – I remember my barber back in sack. He pointed out to me one day. It was like, you can tell when a kid walks in here if he plays football or if he plays basketball. And I start noticing that. Them football kids all over the wall, yes. you know, all that shit. Basketball kids come sit down. They smooth. Mm-hmm. They got like they got their whole energy. So it's a yeah. different vibe. Shams, you, I know you're the humble king right here. You're talking about your job and all that. Are you a, are you a shit talker on the court? Like I feel like you might be. I feel like he is too. Oh, I used to be. I used to be a big shit talker. No, I definitely <laughs> used to be a big, big shit talker. But but it but it backfired on me most of the time. So I stopped talking shit <laughs> a lot. So, um, yeah. but I used to talk shit all the time. I used to, I used to think I was the shit. See, what's crazy <laughs> is my whole mentality. My whole mentality changed. Like early in high school, late in middle school. Like it, I used to be cocky as hell. Like if you ask people that knew me back then, people that probably are, are going to be listening to this. I mean, they probably thought I was an asshole or I, or I, I was, a, you know, I, I was, a, I was a mean guy, but I think once I started to find out who I really am, like at the core and stop trying to be probably someone I, I'm not, uh, that's probably when my life started to probably turn. But, mm. uh, no, nah, I used to talk, I used to talk all kinds of shit, man. What's your call when you let the jumper go? You're like, you're, you're a cash guy. You're like, what, what is your, that's oh, money. It's money. There we go. That's money. Ain't no feeling like letting it go saying it. Or saying the game time, 
Ain't no feeling <laughs> like that and then watching it go in. That's that's the shit right there. Kev, you really don't talk shit? He swears. I don't talk but, shit. Yo, man. I watch on these games, bro. They catch you. They catch you yapping a little bit. Don't you're not breaking down the scheme in the mid game. Like, come on. No, I'm more of so like a I might hit you with a one liner that like amp my team up. I'm not talking to the other team unless they say something to me. I feels like everybody in here is one of those guys that that waits until the shit's talking starts and then you add on. Like nobody, I don't start the game off by talking shit. <laughs> Shams, you hear this guy, man? We've seen this guy standing over an opponent. I've seen him in a lot. <laughs> I know. I've seen him in a lot. You gotta have a favorite though. You gotta have a favorite moment, like like real competitive back and forth. Just like talking shit with somebody. Just talking. It's like, like, I know Tony Allen used to drive. He had to used to drive you crazy. You got to tell him something finally. No, nah, he was just so locked in. We didn't say a word to each other. And those be the best battles. But the ones I talk shit with, like, it'll be like, like, I remember we was playing Sacramento one time. And I forget who was talking shit to me. I want, I want to say, it was just that team. was. I just heard too much from that team. And, 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 like, I had an ISO up top on somebody, and I was just, like, dribbling up top for, like, two seconds, and I'm just pointing at one. I forget what player it was. Well, maybe I just don't want to say who it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, don't I was, do it like that. Humble King over here. I want to say it was Derek Williams or maybe it was Jason. T- it, was a, it was somebody who was just chat, who was just talking. And I was like, yo, bring your ass mm-hmm. up here. I cut off the play. I was like, no, you come switch on me right now. He was like, nah, <laughs> we ain't doing that. I was like, nah, come up here and switch. And Russ, and then I, I went, I scored on the and one. And then Russ was like, yo, okay, what, I mean, you really just stopped the play and, and forced them to change their defense. So you can, I'm like, yeah, yo, <laughs> that's probably my funnest reaction because somebody actually, Russ actually paying attention. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and, he, and he told me about it, but that was, I mean, it's a lot of shit that go on. When I had Perk on the team, oh, man. we used to just unnecessarily just get into it with people because off top, he just poke ass and push. Like, I'm like, yo, Perk, we starting the day on, the, on a Wednesday? All right, good. <laughs> Perk come with that energy, man. Perk come with yeah. a different type of energy when he on that court. You can just see him. Like, yeah, he's just ready. You know, to... He got legendary stories of just getting into it with guys. Just know? getting into it with everybody. Now we got to just, we now we got to have his back. So, I, yeah, I, I mean. I asked Perk about the Zebo story long, a while back. He was like, he didn't, didn't want to give me the whole info. I'm like, dog, they said you were in the locker room, bro. Like, what do you, what's your, th-? he didn't want to get the info. So. I don't remember none of that. I heard that too. That's one of them ones that, Got to be kept under wraps, I guess. He he taking that one with him. So perk, perk, man, perk would, perk would trash talk you all damn game. Like I, I get it. They man. had some competitors on those teams, especially those little KC teams. That was that KG effect. That was that KG effect, though. KG rubbed off on him when he was in Boston. Pretty much taught him everything. You know, they had a veteran team. We got a veteran team. They know all the they know mm-hmm. all the slick talking shit. They 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 talk that shit that was going on. Like on that team, they had PJ Brown and fucking James. They had some OGs that played in the nineties. You know what I'm saying? They had so, some, yeah. They had some dogs. They had young. They had young Tony Allen. Like they had some dogs. Yeah, on that they team. had some dogs. So you know, you know, they was they set the culture in the league for a while. KG, which is. All the dudes that KG had underneath him, he was passing them all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tony Allen here, Rondo over there, Perk over there. So the, he was just, yeah, he was affecting the whole league with his shit talking. They used to tell stories about that corner where their bench was. Like, you, you basically couldn't set up down there. They, mm-hmm. They'd be on the court and all kind of shit. Like, that's, you, you cutting mm-hmm. a corner off the, off the court when you're playing in Boston. So, 
I, I, I can see that, man. We'll look. We'll, we'll let you get off with the you don't trash talk. I swear, I see you every game yeah. chirping, chirping, yeah. chirping. But that's cool. <laughs> Not that's cool. I. I say that's. <laughs> that's cool man alright before we go Kev you've been going viral you've dusted off the Twitter account a couple times been watching these movie trailers watching them mm. uh, the, watching them on Elite seems to be your your mm. your, your home of trailers yeah, media group. watch Mortal Kombat yeah watch Mortal Kombat so you got Sub-Zero you got Sub-Zero in this yes he looked crazy in that trailer yeah he looked ridiculous I can't wait for that I can't wait for that to drop it's we talked about this too. It's like when you, I rather movies come straight to the streaming service now. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. For, I don't even care about the movie theater anymore when they do. Doug, like you're that. like a pause rewind guy. You're like a yeah, pause gotta, yeah. go get the snack. Like exactly, you're that guy. Like we 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 watched the movie one day and like you you were still texting about it like four hours later. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like what are you doing, bro? Like, the movie's over. I'm, I'm about to spoil it. You play it too much. So you're one of those. Oh, yeah, Shams, yeah. are you excited for Mortal Kombat? This this guy, he goes viral every time he talks about one of these action movies. Are you one of these guys? I mean, Kev, I'm looking for any Eddie, whatever suggestions y'all got, I, I'll take everything. So I'm definitely going to watch whatever Kev, like all the movie he tweets about. I'm, I'm definitely watching. So we gotta add Shams to the to the club yeah. then. For sure. Yeah, man. We uh, I'm an HBO Max guy. I've been finding stuff on there to watch. We'll Everything's on coming one. out on there. Yeah, Everything. bro. They got, they got it on, coming out on there now. Godzilla. I'm ready for that. You went viral for that one too. People were going crazy on me about that because I, I one because I called King Kong a monkey. They didn't like that. They say he's a gorilla. Mm, he's a gorilla. And I say, yo, like Godzilla is. He's like a nuclear weapon. Like, this is not a fight. And they're like, well, King Kong is smart. And, they, yo, they were screaming at me, cussing at me all day for that. So, thanks for that. Thanks for retweeting me and getting me in that shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, fellas. Well, look, great talking to you guys. Shams, yeah. please leave us alone. We want no problems with you. We know <laughs> you got ears everywhere. Like, you're my guy, man. I appreciate you doing this. Much love always. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Appreciate everything you do for the game, man. Seriously, I love what you're doing, bro. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Appreciate y'all as always. Stay safe. I'm watching everything y'all are doing too, so keep it going. Keep rising. Keep grinding. Keep getting better. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you.